Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On The Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Now, here are your hosts for On The Mark, Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Uh, Joe's got the day off, but Lynn Hall is our fabulous producer, and I'm Mark Lawrence. Steve Kushaloff is with us. Uh, I was going to take the day off, but Joe wanted the day off, so he gets the day off. He's got the seniority by about 40 years here. So, uh, Steve Kushaloff directly across from me. Good morning, sir. Good morning. This is going to be a whole new experience. I mean, um, Joe and I, as much as we like each other and respect each other, we often go at it tooth and nail. Well, okay. and you love Joe Biden, and I do not. I think he's a buffoon. It's time for oh, him to go. So, geez, you're so <laughs> Joe, McGranahan, I need your help in here. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, we have a fabulous guest to get us uh, started. Uh, David Jolly's on the line, former Republican U.S. Congressman out of Florida, uh, visits and uh, stays and lives occasionally in our region. Happens to be executive chairman of the Serve America movement. He's also a political analyst and TV commentator and radio host. He's probably been on dozens of podcasts and a public speaker and an author. So how's that? I got I got half the resume <laughs> in, David. Thank you. You could have cut that in half. It's great to be with you all this morning. We really thank you so much. We really appreciate this. All right. Well, let's start out with a big announcement that Joe Biden is now officially in. So it looks like uh, we could end up, I hope not, but we could end up with a rematch of 2020. What's your reaction when you hear that? that uh, both parties are, are going to have the opportunity to nominate same old, same old. <laughs> well, buckle up. Um, look, we, we know by the data, and I guess some listeners in their guts, but we know by the data both candidates, both presumptive frontrunners, are underwater in terms of polling, what we call save-unsave. Both candidates, Donald Trump and Joe Biden, uh, have a higher unfavorable rating than they do favorable, but that also trends with where we are as a country. Both parties are upside down as well. So it's interesting. You can take a snapshot in time today and look at a poll and say, look, everybody's unhappy. Nobody wants this. Well, it's kind of like making your Christmas list. You can wish for something different, but on Christmas morning, here's your here's your gift. Here's your choice. And so the important thing to measure is should both Joe Biden and Donald Trump be the nominees of their party? Election days are about a contrast, and the nation next November will look at two candidates and say, you know, do I like where we are? Do I like where we're going? Or do I prefer to go back to where we used to be? Elections are about contrast, and right now Joe Biden might have a three or four point edge on Donald Trump, but who knows? I mean, at, at this point, it would be a push between the two, and the country could decide. Congressman. What is wrong with us? <laughs> I mean, this is ridiculous. <laughs> well, look, we could unpack a lot of it, but big money and big parties are are the root of a lot of this. So. <laughs> good, good morning, Congressman. It it's a pleasure to speak with you. Uh, I did have the uh, pleasure of uh, speaking with you several months ago when I was co-hosting. So uh, let me throw in, uh, as long as we're on this topic. Um, I guess is pretty much a purely political question. Let's start with the with the Democratic side. Uh, 
couple of things. For one thing, you know, according to the NBC poll, 70% of Democrats, I think, or 70% of Americans uh, don't want Biden to run for re-election. <laughs> so my first question is, if that's the case, uh, why, why <laughs> then, why then has no uh, prominent Democrat come forward? To, to challenge Biden. I mean, you would certainly think this is fertile ground for somebody within his party to take him on. So that's my first question. And then part of that question is, um, who among the Democrats, in your opinion, would have been a uh, quality candidate to take on uh, Mr. Biden? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, look, for for national candidates, for any candidate, there are a couple things you look for. One, timing is everything, right? Uh, Senator Kennedy once told, told Barack Obama after one year in the Senate, he said, now's your time, you have to run. And Obama said, I don't think so, I'm not ready. And he said, timing in politics only comes around once in a while. So is there another Democratic candidate that has the timing that's captured hearts and minds right now? I don't know that there is. I mean, we might be absent that storyline. And then the second thing a candidate needs to run for president is the ability to raise massive amounts of money and to run an enterprise, you know, a billion-dollar enterprise. And so those people are few and far between. So, for instance, Democratic, uh, my Democratic friends would look at, say, Mayor Pete Buttigieg, the Transportation Secretary, and say, maybe the timing's right, you know, young guy, fresh face, whatever. But is he really capable to mount an enterprise of a billion dollars to take on a sitting president, right? I mean, you are taking on an incumbent president. There just doesn't seem to be a strong enough candidate in the Democratic field to make the case. The one person I would say to watch, and he's actually probably the most progressive of any of them, is Gavin Newsom in California. Gavin Newsom is someone who could run a billion-dollar enterprise, create the message for the country. Will he win hearts and minds? I don't know. He's won the governorship in California twice and has a fairly progressive footprint. But I think he's someone ready to make his case nationally when the time comes. I'm, I'm remembering when uh, Jimmy Carter ran for uh, re-election, and uh, Senator Kennedy, who you mentioned, Ted Kennedy, uh, took him on. And boy, I'll tell you, it did nothing. Uh, it did nothing good for the Democratic Party. I mean, uh, you remember the scene at the de- at the Democratic convention that year after Carter had won the nomination. He was re- kind of walking all over the stage trying to shake hands with Ted Kennedy, yeah. and Kennedy just kind of wanted to avoid him. And I think the re- <laughs> uh, the repercussions kind of lasted. So you, you know, you mentioned Gavin Newsom. Um, yeah, he'd be a. He, he, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I was going to. I think that's a great analogy or, or a great story for this because Democrats are in a different place right now than they were even four or five years ago. Um, you know, in the 16, actually in the 14, 16, and 18 cycles, Democrats were having this family feud. Are we progressive? Or are we moderate? Are we too progressive? Are we too moderate? Who are we going to be? And then Donald Trump wins in 2016 and shatters every orthodoxy in politics and shatters all the traditional paradigms. And by 18 and 20 and certainly into 22, Democrats realize, wait, we don't have to be progressive or moderate. We just have to oppose Trump and Trumpism and unify around that. In that, 
Joe Biden found a way to emerge through the South Carolina primary, becomes the nominee. But I think what you're seeing in the numbers, go back to our original conversation, even Democrats are not necessarily excited about Joe Biden, right? Progressives think he's way too moderate. Moderates think he's a little too progressive, and everybody thinks he's too old. But he's their guy. And you see a unified Democratic Party in the face of Trump and Trumpism. It's an interesting chapter. They will get back to the family fights over whether or not it's too hot or too cold or just right. But right now, it is a unified Democratic Party, despite the fact no one really wants Joe Biden as their first choice. I saw uh, one figure that emerged from all these polls uh, this morning, and it said that 96% of Sanders and Warren voters say they would vote for Biden if he's the nominee. So it's it's kind of interesting, yeah. uh, you know, that uh, the the common uh, the common thought is, boy, Democrats don't want him to run, and yet here's the. You know, <laughs> but they want to win. They yeah, want to win. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, part of it is like Joe Biden always says, uh, "Don't compare me to the Almighty. Compare me to the alternative." <laughs> That's right. Uh, on the other side, on the Republican side, okay. So again, the the common uh, belief is that all oh, Republicans don't want Donald Trump to run, and yet, <laughs> and yet, you look at every poll, and he is uh, leading by a pretty substantial margin. There are plenty on the on the Republican side there are plenty of other choices and yet the only one that I've seen that is not in single digits is uh, uh, Governor DeSantis out of Florida so here again my question to you is if Republicans really don't want Trump how come they are not uh, supporting yeah. some of these other folks well, I would suggest the numbers, actually, if you look at a poll, suggest people do want Trump, right? It all depends on the question you're asked. If you're asked as a Republican, hey, do you, you think it's time for another leader? Sure, right? We're always, as people, our human behavior is to look forward, not backwards. But if you're presented choices, Ron DeSantis, Donald Trump, Mike Pence, whomever, more Republicans are choosing Donald Trump than anybody else. So <clears throat> he is still the recognized leader of the party. And I think one of the things we've seen in the last six to eight weeks, which we did not know about going into this cycle, is the permanency of Trump's grip and ship of the party. You know, Trump announced last fall, stumbled, had a really bad couple of months, to be honest, as a as a candidate who had just announced. But he really turned it on, caught his stride, has built a team of professionals around him in the last two months. And then the indictment came down from Alvin Bragg, and we saw his numbers go up. And what we're seeing is a permanency of Trump's grip. And what I would suggest is even the people within the Republican Party, the Mitch McConnells and thousands of him like McConnell, who would tell you Donald Trump is unqualified, Donald Trump should have been impeached, Donald Trump is a bad guy, even Republicans who will tell you all that, if you then turn around and say, well, will you support the Republican nominee for president if it's Donald Trump? Mitch McConnell's the first one to fall in line and say yes, which reflects a similar behavior we see from all partisans, including Democrats and Republicans. You want to win. If your guy's not in the White House, you don't get to make policy. And so I think Republicans, though some might say, hey, it's time to move on, a majority are saying Trump's still our guy, but all of them are saying we just want to win and beat Joe Biden in 24. Does this bode well for the Serve America movement? That this, <laughs> I mean, honestly, I'm, now more than ever. <laughs> 
That's right. I love I love that question. So, quick update on the Serve America movement, or Sam. It, it was actually a, an organized political committee in Pennsylvania. I led a merger. Sam was a centrist political group, and about this time last year, I went out and found a right of center group, a bunch of disaffected Republicans, and they left a center group, a bunch of disaffected Democrats. So, on the right, it was led by former New Jersey Governor Christy Todd Whitman. On the left, there was a group led by Andrew Yang, and we merged to create this kind of cross-coalition, big-tent party. And it is now the forward party. It's in about 11 states. Because of the work I do with NBC, I was not able to join the new party. So I I am not a leader in that, though I I helped form it. But here's the important thing about this, because it, it goes straight to 24. We all have to make a decision in 2024, is this the cycle for an independent or third-party presidential ticket? There is a group out there called No Labels who is trying to recruit Joe Manchin uh, and Larry Hogan. So Joe Manchin, the West Virginia senator, Larry Hogan, the Republican Maryland governor, to run as a unity ticket against Joe Biden and Donald Trump. The forward party decided not to run a presidential candidate because we believe the better work is done from the grassroots up, building parties across the state, but not running a presidential candidate with little hope of winning, instead really a hope of spoiling. But I think we may see other groups run an independent candidate. Next November, we may see uh, Joe Biden, Donald Trump, and a major third-party candidate. It wouldn't be the forward party, but I think there's going to be groups out there that try to present a third choice to the American people. Do you follow with any interest the work and the momentum of the Convention of States? There's, ironically, a rally in Harrisburg today uh, to urge the state legislature to support Convention of States. Yeah, so the Convention of States is an interesting opportunity for voters, for people to take the power back. The question is, then, if you had a Convention of States, what are you trying to amend and what are you trying to fix? You could use it to fix policies around campaign finance and around guns and around different issues, but I think qualitatively, uh, listeners could decide if they support the Convention of States based on what what the Convention of States trying to do. that's the big qualitative question, right? Um, where you sit depends on where you stand on that issue, I suppose. Congressman, uh, I'm a Democrat. I have no problem telling you that. I some, some, Sometimes I even think of myself as a yellow dog Democrat, and I think you know what that means. I mean, right. if the Democrats ran a three-legged, blind and one eye yellow dog, I'd probably vote for him. And yet, there is no doubt that America needs it needs two political parties. It needs an engaged, serious Republican Party. Uh, so my question to you, and there is a very safe answer you can give to this, but I'll ask it anyway. How does uh, how do thinking uh, Republicans uh, like yourself, how do they regain control? of their party from, if you don't mind me throwing in some names, how do they regain control from people like Marjorie Taylor Greene, Matt Gates, Jim Jordan, etc.? I, I don't think the party will, will go back to what it was. I think Trump and Trumpism and the folks who came up through Trumpism have crushed the traditional orthodoxy of the Republican Party, and it's not going back. 
And part of that was with merit, right? You had a, a large constituencies within the party, either the pro-life movement or the Second Amendment movement or whomever it might be, that felt they had been promised things for 30 years and never delivered. Donald Trump came in and said, screw all you guys. You're a bunch of politicians. You're a bunch of blue suit Brooks Brothers liars. I'm going to come in, get it done for you, and speak for the American people. And the Republican Party said, great, let's do it. And they chose a direction. And, you know, I left the party in 17 or 18, in part because I realized I no longer fit in and it's not going back and I'm not going to be a savior for the party. I think if you look at the people who have left the party, they're on the same journey. And so now the question is, will the footprint of today's Republican Party remain a nationally viable political party that can win elections for the next 10 or 20 years? Perhaps, but we're seeing the fundamental weakness in the polls, right? Most people, that poll about Trump and Biden being upside down, the major parties have an approval rating only in the 30s, right? So if you're an organization where only 30% of the country likes you, you should probably consider rebranding. But you don't have to if the other political parties only liked by 30% of the, of the country as well, which is why I think we need more than two parties. I think we need four, five, six parties. The United States is the only country in the Western world that only has two parties. And what you see in, in Western democracies with multiple parties, four, five, six parties, is coalition governing that balances out the extremes and gives the most number of, in this case, Americans a place to call home. We're not there yet, but the work of building new minor parties that begin to buffer the two major parties, I think, could be the next chapter in American politics. So it, it, really, so it sounds like you're saying... The Republican Party is really in its death throes. Um, I, I don't know. I no, it just got well. The I bug. don't know that I would say it's in its death throes. I think it reflects where American culture is now, which is in a di- very different place. I think we're in a destabilizing era in American culture, and our politics reflect that. Right? We are more tribal. We we have lost the anchors of our institutions, of our local communities, and. We are now reflexive in negative partisanship, and our parties reflect that. I don't think it's a death spiral. In fact, my greatest concern is I think it's a strong enough coalition to continue to mobilize around destabilizing themes. I look at some of the things occurring um, on, on the right side of the aisle, so to speak, and I just shake, I just got to shake my head. I mean, I wrote down a couple. Uh, number one, what's going on in Florida with Disney is just insane. I mean, you've got the the state's second largest employer. You you know, you're you know better than I what you know, what's going on in Florida. You have Walt Disney World, the state's second largest employer being attacked and criticized by the governor. Uh, he Now he wants to build either he wants to build a prison next to Disney World or he wants to build another amusement park, which I don't know how that's going to go. Uh, I look at books being banned. And you, did you ever read Charlotte's Web when you were a kid? Right, okay, right. Sure I mean, did. That's been banned in places in Wisconsin. That's in crazy. And then the final yeah. thing, and this is just a new thing, uh, Bud Light. You know, a pretty normal beer now, Bud Light's being boycotted. <laughs> yeah. I mean, So look, let's unpack a couple of those. On Disney, Ron DeSantis is using the power of the state to punish Disney for speaking out against his agenda. And it's remarkable. Disney holds one of about 100 special taxing districts in the state of Florida. 
the number one reason international visitors come to the state. Well, when Ron DeSantis passed his Don't Say Gay bill, uh, which prohibits teachers from speaking about sexual identity or orientation, Walt Disney said, we disagree with that. And the moment they said we disagree with that, Ron DeSantis ripped away their special taxing district, not the other 99 districts, just the one where they spoke out. And so even Republicans have said, look, it's not the proper use of state authority to punish speech, to use directly punish people for speaking out. It is against Republican values and Democratic values as well. On the issue, though, of banning books and all these other culture war issues, I think at its foundation is a question for listeners to consider, which is, who has the responsibility and the authority to decide what's right for your kids? And this is where, you know, my wife and I have strong reactions to what Florida's doing, because I don't want the state stepping in, making the decisions for how we raise our kids, whether too conservative or too progressive. I don't want them in it at all. And I want my kids to be exposed to the entire world and incredible diversity. And at home, we can bring them to the value set that's right for the Jolly family. What what these culture wars are about is, led by today's Republican Party, is they are suggesting that there is a point at which the state should step in and say, no, your kids need to be protected by big government, not by you as parents. I think it's wrong, but it is powerful in today's polling because they're at root is a fear. They're selling the fear that somehow your kids are under influence by people outside of your control. I just don't believe that parents are under attack today. I think Ron DeSantis and other governors that are doing this are just insecure in their own parenting, and they're trying to use the state to protect their kids. All right. Thank you so much for the opportunity and the time. Visit us in person if you feel compelled. We're only open every morning at 830, so... <laughs> you got it. Right here. <laughs> Good to be with you guys. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much, much uh, former Republican Congressman uh, David Jolly, representative of the 13th District in Florida, uh, former executive Chairman of the Serve America Movement, or SAM, which is uh, supposedly uh, intellect, a middle-of-the-road group, and of course a political analyst on NBC, so you see him there, and he's an author as well. Uh, you can check out a lot of information at the SAM party. Just uh, search up Serve America Movement, so they got a good, good website there. All right, so reaction to what he said. We'll get a glimpse of it when we come back, but we'll do more of the, during the 9 a.m. hour. Gavin Newsom, somebody that could pull together a campaign and uh, give Joe Biden a run for their money? I don't know. RFK Jr. is already in, so uh, he's already announced his campaign. What's your thoughts, folks? We'll have a brief time of open phones before the top of the hour. 570-743-9565. You can email us at onthemark at wkok.com, and you can text us at 70236. Include the keyword OTM. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. 
Welcome back to WKOK's live telephone talk show on the mark. Bill, you're going to consume uh, the remaining moments. Turn your radio off, and you are now on the radio. Yeah, I just got done throwing up listening to all that garbage by your guest and your uh, co-host there. Come on now. Uh, your co-host saying that he would vote for a, uh, a three-legged yellow dog if the Democrat Party would put it in there. Probably. And Maybe not. Welcome to the police state. Uh, like, no Democratic debates. Uh, <laughs> you, you, you don't see what the picture is, what's happening with this world and how we're losing our country. And you and you get up there and you pound this uh, democratic garbage. Wow, a lot of vitriol in one comment, Steve. You want to weigh in on that? We get uh, the the angry man campaign underway. There's nothing. I, I haven't heard anything to respond to. Right. All right. We got you, Bill. Well, Thank you, you so it. much. You, you said it. Everything you said, you said it. I just repeated what you said. There you go. Gotcha. All right. Thank you so much, sir. Thanks for calling in. Much appreciated. All right. Uh, we don't have time for any more callers this hour. One of our good listeners alludes to something that Bill's not happy about. It says, Mark and Steve, what do you think about the Democratic National Committee announcing there won't be primary debates? In my opinion, Biden would be trounced. Who was the... Um Trying to remember the name of the speaker. The ha- well, we'll have to come back to that. <laughs> when? Uh, this is an empirical fact we can look up. I know. I, I'll, we'll we'll You'll discuss do it okay. off air. Folks, we want more garbage callers or callers that call us garbage or Democrats garbage. When we come back, 9 a.m. hour, dial it up, 570-743-WKOK. Email us at onthemarketwkok.com. This is WKOK Sunbury, 9 a.m. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Now, here's your host for On the Mark, Mark Lawrence. Greetings. Welcome on board WKOK's live telephone talk show, On the Mark. On the Mark is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. We'd love to hear from you this hour. We have President Biden is now officially in the race. I think he's about the worst candidate the Democrats could nominate, but he could win. Uh, I always accuse, accuse Republicans of living in some sort of an alternative reality, but who is it then? So, so let me ask you a question. Who is it that says Joe Biden's followers don't live in the same thing? Okay, so if he is the if he's the worst candidate, I have to do the intro. But go ahead. If he's the worst candidate, then give me an alternative. Oh my gosh, I would vote for any any, any one of the Democrats. Well, I would know, vote for instead of him. Gretchen uh, Whitmer. What's wrong with him? Uh, Joe Manchin, um, Gavin okay. Newsom, um, Elizabeth Warner. Um, that's just my memory, you know. So. Pete Buttigieg. Honestly, I think anybody would be a better president. But that's just me. The rest of the Democrats in the country say, look, we don't really care about that. We just want to win, as Congressman Jolly pointed out. Right. All right. Our telephone number is open. If you wish to respond, if you wish to call us garbage, call now, 570-743-9565. That's 570-743-WKOK. I'm assuming they were talking about President Trump trying to steal the election when they called him garbage or the rape trial or I don't know, the January 6th, but I don't know the specifics of why they were saying he was that bad. You can email us at onthemarkatwkok.com. You can text us at 70236. Always include the keyword. 
keyword OTM. Some very brief news headlines here. A Winfield woman has been found guilty of first-degree murder and the overdose death of her husband in 2018. The jury got the case Monday and found 78-year-old Myrtle Miller guilty of giving her husband a fatal dose of heart medicines. Motive, uh, prosecutors said, was his money. There'll be a new bishop in the Harrisburg Diocese. You knew that was coming because Ronald Gaynor is aging out, as they say in the diocese. He hits uh, 75. Uh, well, actually did last year, which means he's got to retire, and so he is. Now the Reverend Timothy Sr. of southeastern Pennsylvania will become the 12th bishop of the Harrisburg Diocese. Sr. is currently regional bishop of Montgomery County in Philadelphia South. The State House Insurance Committee has passed a comprehensive breast cancer screening bill. Our correspondent Mark Sims has that story. The bill would require insurance coverage of breast cancer genetic counseling and testing. Committee Chair Kevin Boyle supports the bill. This bill is important because it promotes women's health. No woman should develop breast cancer because they could not afford testing to know if they were at risk. Representative David Rowe voted for the bill despite some concerns. We do need to be cognizant of the fact that somebody's always paying and at the end of the day will be most likely passed along to the consumers, the insurance policy holders themselves. I understand the need for preventative care. I understand the, certainly the financial value of preventative care, but I do think we just need to be cognizant of these bills going forward of the long-term costs that will be passed along to the consumers. The bill, which has already passed the Senate, now goes to the full House. Mark Sims News Radio 1070 WKOK. Well, we may have hit summer peak. GasBuddy.com reported yesterday that Pennsylvania gasoline prices only went up a penny a gallon instead of the 8 to 12 cents. They'd been going up lately. They're now $3.76 a gallon, and that may be fairly close to the summer peak. National gasoline prices actually fell in the past week down to $3.64 a gallon. So we'll keep an eye uh, on gasoline prices. We always uh, check in uh, with uh, the GasBuddy.com report each day. In case you didn't hear it on uh, CBS. All around the country, MAGA extremists are lining up to take on those bedrock freedoms. Cutting Social Security that you paid for your entire life while cutting taxes for the very wealthy. Dictating what health care decisions women can make. And But a preemptive remark came out yesterday from former President uh, Donald Trump. I'm Stacey Lynn. Former President Trump bashed President Biden in a statement referring to his administration as a failure. He pointed to issues that include inflation, immigration, foreign policy, crime, and education, and said, quote, it is almost inconceivable that Biden would even think of running for re-election. All right, Stacey Lynn reporting there. Okay, we'll open up the phones. Let's go whoever is first. Bobby D., you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in. Yes, uh, good morning, everyone. And hello, Steve, and remember the news department at WKOK. Yes, I do. Okay, I have a question. Okay, uh, as far as, like, the coverage, okay, like the candidates and all that, uh, uh, of course, you know, the rules back then were, were one thing with equal time and all that kind of thing. Would you say over the years in comparison that the way the media covers things affects the election. Well, I would think so. Yeah, sure. I mean, look at how they're focusing on just Joe Biden and Donald Trump. It's it's almost like there's no other Republicans. Yeah, and there should be a third party. Well, Well, I don't know about that. Well, no, but I mean, yeah. Which, remember Ross Perot, when Ross Perot ran. (laughs) Well, you know, it's interesting. Okay, Uh, David Jolly did make one interesting, he made several interesting points. One of his points was that do any of these other candidates on either side, do they have the money 
to to mount a uh, that's true a campaign. Now Ross Perot did have the uh, he had the personal fortune that he could do that. Uh, I also think though that if um, if this was a normal year and you had like four or five uh, candidates uh, on either side who were who were serious candidates, I think. Uh, I think they would find the money, so I'm not sure that uh, money is a big issue. But, of course, Ross Perot is a very interesting example. Um, you know, people out there well, John might... John Anderson didn't have much money. Right, but the thing with Ross Perot is I kind of believe that if it had not been for Ross Perot, I think George H.W. Bush might have been reelected. I think Perot took votes away from... Uh, Mr. Uh, right. former, former President Bush. Um, conversely, though, when Al Gore ran against uh, George W. Bush and Ralph Nader mounted a third-party candidacy, I believe Nader uh, took votes away from Al Gore, and, and as a result, partially as a result, George W. Bush won. So um, that's what happens yep. when you have a third-party candidate. Yep, they become spoilers. Thank you, Bob. Thanks right, for thank calling. Thank you very in. much. Yep, much appreciated. All right, Shirley, we are very glad to hear from you. Thank you for calling in. Please go right ahead. I try to listen to this program every morning I tune in. It is so right-wing, but I'm, I'm going to try to tell you what I feel. I'm asking you a question. What did Donald Trump do for you? He didn't do a thing for me, I'll tell you that. And I want to get to the stimulus money that we received from the Biden administration. Did any of you Republicans send that back? And also, the, uh, the increase in our Social Security check. Did any of you Republicans refuse that? We got that through the Biden administration. Donald Trump did not do a thing for me. And I want to tell you, when the, the last election of the governorship was uh, on, uh, I had a gentleman come and put a nice big sign in my yard supporting uh, Shapiro. I had a man coming down the hill in his car. He, he stopped right on his track. If there had been a car behind him, there would have been a terrible accident. He uh, put his window down and he said, UGD communist. I want to tell you, I'm far from being a communist. I will support the Democratic Party no matter what. And between the two of them, Donald Trump and Joe Biden, I'm definitely voting for Joe Biden. The Democrats always did better for us middle-class people than Donald Trump ever will. I want to tell you that that man, Donald Trump, I just wish he would fade away and we'd never hear <laughs> from him again. And I'm, I'm disappointed in you, Mark. Your show, you should get people on there. I don't know why you don't like uh, Joe Biden. What did he ever do for you? Or <laughs> what did he do against you? I just want a full-service president that's vibrant and out there and can take questions and understands inflation and, and gets how to, you know. He does do all that. Yeah. What about he's the trying, southern border? He's trying to make our, <laughs> oh, oh, you and your border, the border, the border. <laughs> that's been going on for years. No, 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 not like now. Coming into our country for a better living. Have you, do you ever watch 60 Minutes? Do you see what's happening to those poor children over in Sudan? Starving to death? That's what we should be talking about. 
we're paying uh, farmers in here in America not to not to grow their crops. Why can't why can't they grow their crops and we send food over to those people? The whole thing. This here, this world is going wacky. I want to tell you, and, and that is just my feeling. I'm I'm glad that you're letting me vent this morning because <laughs> it's just it just, just feel better. <laughs> you know, if, if um, Donald Trump runs again, the same thing's going to happen. He and if he loses, he's going to say it was rigged. The whole thing is going to be on a vicious circle. The whole thing is going to be the same thing over and over again. Steve, what do you think? Hey, Shirley, I uh, I agree with... <laughs> you can call ev- her mom if you want to. <laughs> I agree with everything you're saying. Uh, I, I sort of disagree only with one thing. If Donald Trump runs again and if he wins, uh, things will be worse. It'll be worse than his first term. Uh, number one, he's already made that clear when he says, uh, I am your retribution. So he's already told us that if he were to get back into the White House, he would make it a point to punish Democrats. Uh, you know, M- Mark Lawrence, I don't understand it. He he c- criticizes Biden. I've got a page and a half of uh, accomplishments under uh, President Biden. Uh, people listen to Joe, uh, President Joe, make, you know, verbal mistakes, and he doesn't walk as fast as he used to. Neither do I. Uh, and yet people look at that and that's it. That's, that, that seems to be the only way that they evaluate uh, Joe Biden. I can, uh, like I said, I can, and at some point this morning maybe we'll do it, we'll talk about Joe Biden's legislative accomplishments, which is interesting when you compare him to Donald Trump, who had no legislative accomplishments except for one, <laughs> except for one, the big tax bill, the big you, tax cut, the big tax two cut, days. which added which added. <laughs> How much, Mark? How much did it add to the deficit? And now the Republicans say, oh, we're for deficit reduction. you got to turn the air conditioner on in here. Uh, Shirley, we'll give you the last word. Please go right ahead. Well, I, I just want everybody uh, to answer my question. Did you send the stimulus money back when you received it through the uh, Biden administration? Did you refuse that nice Social Security uh, that we received in our check? Did you refuse that? I, you know, you Republicans just give me a pay word. Well, maybe we sent it. We sent it back in the I form of. I want to tell you, you just, you, you just love that Donald Trump so much, and I don't understand why. I don't why. love Donald Trump. I don't understand why it boggles my mind that you love that man. I he, don't. He is the first president <laughs> that never. Uh, went then to the inauguration of Joe Biden, the first president ever. Really? He's the first president ever. So he's ever. a poor sport, but so what? Hey, look, he was tougher on immigration. I don't love Donald Trump, but he was much, much tougher on immigration, and that that counts for something. And now, I where did your parents come from? <laughs> where did your ancestors come from? I think you know where my mother came from. So, now, where right. did your where did your ancestors uh, come Germany from? Germany and Wales. Okay. They came into our country for a better living. Everybody did. All right. And then those people that are coming through (laughs) the border down south are coming to our country. We got to hit the road. 
we got to right. hit the road. Yes, yeah, see, you're cutting me off because you don't like well, what I'm uh, saying. Six minutes, people waiting, a bunch oh, of emails. Oh, how about that man from Danville that you let on? I, I listen to him every morning. He's on for 10 minutes. I, uh, I, oh, Stan, yeah. Well, if he's the yes, only caller and yes, he wants to engage well, us in conversation. I'm just telling you. But anyhow, thank you for letting me vent. Shirley, Bye. thank you so much. Really, really, really appreciate it. All right, that takes us to the first break. Got a caller waiting. Got one, two, three, four, four emails and one text. We're going to put them all on the radio when we come back. Mm-hmm. When car repairs get difficult. Well, I, I just don't know. Um, me neither. We get good. Sunbury Motors. More than quality new and used cars, Sunbury Motors specializes in complicated auto repair diagnosis. They can handle intricate repairs and even complete auto body with service open Monday through Friday, 7 till 4. And Sunbury Motors has made simple repairs easy. Maintaining your vehicle is necessary. Finding the time to do it is difficult. Welcome to Sunbury Motors Quick Lane. Open 7 till 4, Monday through Friday. Just walk in or call ahead. Relax in their remodeled waiting room with Wi-Fi, beverages, and snacks. Will Sunbury Motors factory train techs take care of your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections. Quick Lane, 630 to 6, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 6 30 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We take the mm. Mm. out of auto repair. All right, welcome back. Uh, some folks have texted 70236 and included the keyword OTM. And so three words would undo President Biden, Biden family corruption. He should be headed for jail, not back to the White House. And another listener, or maybe the same one, says, I'm convinced David Jolly has never been a Republican and certainly not a conservative. He's a progressive Democrat for firmly planted in the Democratic Party. Another listener says, Mark and Steve, what do you think about the Democratic National Committee announcing there'll be no primary debate? Biden would be trounced. Can I, am I allowed to respond to any of those? You please do. Okay, well, the one that I, that really struck me, I mean, most of them are just kind of name-calling types of things, but um, this question about uh, uh, a debate and Biden would be trounced, well, I'm sure that this uh, writer remembers uh, Paul Ryan, congressman from Wisconsin, pretty well-respected congressman, ran for vice president under with Mitt Romney. Yeah, only, what, 10 short years ago, right? And uh, Romney and uh, Biden and Ryan appeared uh, on, on the debate stage together because they were the vice presidential nominees. The Guardian, which is a pretty reliable source, The Guardian, looking back at that, says Biden's high-energy performance in that debate left Paul Ryan overwhelmed. And that if, was 15 years ago. Wait, how did we go from 10 years ago to 15 well, years Ryan ago? Ryan finished, what, in 2015 or so, 2016? Well, I'm, I'm not sure. But anyway... Uh, Joe Biden d- d- does fine on the debate stage. The thing with Joe Biden is, uh, yeah, what comes out of his mouth, he'll sometimes stumble over his words. But that he knows. But, but he knows the facts. Look, we are bleeding millions and millions of people over the southern border, and President Biden does nothing about oh, it. Oh, I will. That's right. terrible. Well, I will. I will grant you, and I will agree that that 
that's probably the Democrats' well, biggest it's, it, failing. It's, it's like saying, well, here we are on the second floor of the house. We're having a nice evening. We're watching TV. I'm going to get a good night's sleep. Now, I know the basement is on fire, but, you know, but it's is, not you know, up but, here. But I don't think that's a fair analogy. I don't smell I don't the think smoke. that's a fair analogy at all, because if your basement is on fire, Mark, your house is going to be destroyed. Yeah, yeah, the southern border is a is a real issue. needs to be addressed. Uh, I don't think it's going to destroy the United States of America. We we have a lot we have a lot of other issues uh, that people talk about, and okay. uh, Biden has done a nice job addressing them. In response to Shirley, one of our listeners says President Biden had absolutely positively nothing to do with the Social Security increase. Another listener says so the Democrats are backing someone who can't even get on TV and announce he's running for president for fear he'll screw it up. Just more proof he's up. Pino, which you figured it out. I didn't know. President in name only. Thank you. I'm not smart enough for that stuff. All right. And another one says, you wonder why President Biden is the choice for the Democratic Party. It's quite simple, really. We all know he isn't running the show. It's essentially President Obama's third and fourth terms. Biden is a total puppet doing and saying what he's told to do and say. And if he toes the line, the Democratic establishment will guarantee they get him in. It's just like 2020. And the fact that he's running the country into the ground is exactly what those who control him want. Fundamentally change this country. Those were President Obama's words. What's more baffling is that people will actually vote for this corrupt, creepy, incompetent, old fool. Uh, They're talking about Trump or Biden there? Keep going. Oh, either way. Those who do vote for him are apparently also fine with tearing our country down just as long as it isn't the orange man is president again. Mm. Yeah, I think (laughs) the people on both sides are perfectly okay with tearing the country down as long as it isn't Biden or as long as it isn't Trump. Wait, wait, say that again. I'm not. Well, he he says those who would vote for President Biden are apparently fine as long tearing our country down as long as it isn't the orange man who's president. But you could also say uh, those Democrats who vote for Biden, or I'm sorry, those Republicans who vote for Trump are apparently fine with destroying our country as long as it isn't yeah. Biden. Well, I, there's there's some truth to that. You know what? What just what I love to hear is Republicans talk about how they love the Constitution, they support the Constitution. Constitution, and yet they tried their darndest to steal the 2020 election to absolutely... Well, not uh, all Republicans. No, you, you're absolutely correct. And see, that's, that's something people should try to remember, and that's why when we have a former uh, Republican congressman like David Jolly on, I just think it's great. Uh, you know, I have said this many times. We need... We need a quality Republican Party in this country. There's just no doubt about it. And I'm saying that as a uh, as a very yeah, strong Yeah, imagine if we Democrat. had a real Republican Party. Holy smokes, the country would be uh, raised up. Lance, you are on the mark. Thanks for calling in. Okay, well, that January 6th, that was no more a representation of the Democratic Party, the uh, Republican Party, than that screwball that tried to shoot everybody at the ball field shoot all the Republicans. It was a Bernie Sanders supporter. I mean, those people, that was the stupidest afternoon in American history. And to tar the whole Republican Party for it is bad. Congressman Scalise, gosh. Well, yeah, I agree, Lance. Uh, What occurred on January 6th was not the entire Republican Party. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Oh, okay. And I would like to agree with you on uh, 
something. What? And, yes. Yeah, this absolute, is way ages. Okay, your piece you had in the paper was beautiful about uh, age does not make any difference in anything. Just take a look at Warren Buffett in his nineties right? and sharp as a tack. He's going to retire soon, but. Hmm. That uh, really says it all, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. How many how many times do we hear our friends talk about an elderly uh, relative who is uh, very ill and, and in fact, uh, fairly close to the end of their life? And yet they will say, and yet they'll say, her mind or his mind is sharp as a tack. Sure. Right. Oh, yeah. Okay. You're 100% correct. And also that I think that... Uh, Perot was definitely a factor in electing Bill Clinton. I mean, that's not a... Yeah, I agree with you. Not I'm, an opinion. I'm, I'm, I'm glad it happened. Now, okay. Now, as to uh, Governor Gruesome being a viable candidate... <laughs> wait, wait. Got, <laughs> what's his name? Lance. What? <laughs> Come on, Lance. Well, he is. Governor. Uh, he's, I mean, he's a demonstrable incompetent. <laughs> okay. Well, now, here's a case in point. Right mm -hmm. now, here we have a power grid in California that you can look at, and from anybody's perspective, they have brownouts quite often. There's uh, any time the temperature really gets high, like even in San Francisco, why they have to cut back on their electric, and then he decrees that everything in California in not too long a time is going to have to be a plug-in. There's no more uh, gas-powered lawnmowers, chainsaws, weed whackers, outboard motors, etc. Hmm. Yeah, but he wants to beef up crazy? the grid and electric generation. I mean, he's, he has a plan. I'm not saying it'll work or it's even a smart plan. I'm saying he has a plan to do more renewables and more electric gridification. And the power that they want to try to keep on, to put online is burdened by all manner of uh, hoops they have to jump through in California to build on. I mean, I just read an article about that. It's really ridiculous. I mean, the guy's uh, just uh, not there. Well, California always seems to be, uh, don't take this the wrong way, they always seem to be one step ahead of the rest of us, which makes it sound like I'm all for him. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know enough. <laughs> I don't know well, enough about it, but it's you're, there's certainly an issue there, no doubt about it. Well, if, if what's in California is what we're in store for, oh, boy. <laughs> we're in trouble. Well, right. now, you know yeah. what, though? Before we get before we go crucifying California, one of Joe McGran's heroes, and probably, well, I'm not going to say that, one of Joe McGranahan's he's heroes. He's listening. He has to stop and pull over and stand up beside okay, the road. Okay, because he's going to have to genuflect. Ronald, Ronald Reagan, governor of California, a lot of people loved him, so... He came west, or east, I'm sorry. Lance, anything oh, else? Yeah. We'll give you the last oh, word. Gee, he got out of California like a whole lot of other people. <laughs> he got out. out. <laughs> That's fact, one of his attributes. Governor, <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> they, the people at U-Haul, you know, mm -hmm. wanted to uh, nominate Governor Gruesome for the Employee <laughs> of the Year because they just had so many rental trucks coming out of California, <laughs> none in going back, though. If you want to rent one, I know that because I, my, well, 
my uh, niece is married to a fellow who is a manager there. And, and that's really what was going through the company because of all the people moving out of California. All right, we got you, Lance. Thank you so much, sir. I want you just one really quick thing. You got thirty Why, seconds. Uh, yeah, Steve, you going to be at Muggy's Brecky? Uh, chances are, I will be there, Lance. Yes. All right. Good. 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 All right. We'll see you guys up there. All right. Uh, we got time for one more caller before the break. Steve, last caller before a quickie break. Go right ahead. Hey, a uh, couple things real quick. But um, uh, first thing is. Uh, uh, about uh, DeSantos, um, I can't say on the air what I want to say about him, but he's that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Is it a good thing? Uh, it's a bad thing. Okay. Um, he's a, he's an F. He's a what? And uh, I can't believe what I heard you say this morning. That uh, actually, I guess I can with Disney about the the uh, don't say gay thing in Florida. Mm-hmm. That he he wouldn't uh, you know uh, he what he did something to dissuade uh, the like the legislature in that or, or something. Uh, they have these taxing districts that can be manipulated by the government, and so uh, the governor. And if I understand it correctly, now he's appointed some individuals that are strong uh, DeSantis supporters, so that uh, the taxation board will have to change as time goes on, but not sufficiently yet. Of course, Disney's, Disney's threatening to pull out and go, I think Georgia's welcoming them, and somebody else said they'll welcome them. It's like billions and billions of dollars lost. What, Disney is going to pull out of Florida? That's one of their threats, yes. Not never going to happen. Okay. Well, I, I wouldn't way, either who, because of one person. the... Uh you said Disney's the second biggest in Florida. Who, who is the largest in Florida? Oh, you know? I, I just heard that the other day. One of the healthcare providers? Oh, no, a grocery store uh, chain. Oh, Publix. Yeah, there you go. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Between um, Steve and I, we know yeah, half of everything. And, you know, that's one thing, because uh, um, I'm a lefty politically like Mark, but uh, Joe, I like because you think for yourself. You're a conservative. You're not really a Republican. I can't stand the Republicans. Somebody who's an old-fashioned conservative makes sense because they think for themselves. Now, uh, you understand, Joe is not here today. It's me. And I'm portraying a Republican. Right. right, Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, you know, I just wanted to mention that, you know, about Joe. And then the other thing real quickly about the FCC in this country, and this this country is so backward, I swear to God, the laws about broadcast, radio and TV, how you can't say those words, you know, is so antiquated, it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I saw... Kids, kids, in a, kids in a playground in the schools swear worse. They even say words worse. Do you know what kids, I hang around and I... <laughs> see these kids and talk with them, they help me. I don't see well. And they help me all the time. Do you know what they want me to say all the time? I say, I'm not going to do it. I'm not. They want me to, they want me to, they beg me and tell me to say loud the N-word. It's like, are you nuts? (laughs) What is wrong with these kids? Why are they upset with that? I think it's because it's so, um, wrong, you know, they're rebellious, they just want to 
be rebellious. It All has right. to be. All right, we got I don't you, think Steve. They're even racist. Thank you, sir. Thanks for calling in. Much appreciated. Okay. Yeah, I was watching uh, Michael Smirconish was on uh, MSNBC or CNN last night. He let the S word fly. It was funny. In the graphic behind him, they had spelled it S asterisk asterisk T because it was a Trump quote, I believe. And um, then, or no, no, it was a, a quote from um, Tucker Carlson. And But when... when uh, Smirconish read it. He read it out loud as though <laughs> read the whole thing on the on the on the TV. I thought, wait, did he just say the S word on TV? All right, we're going to take a quickie break. Hold on, Cindy. Sorry about this. So we'll be right back. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show. President Trump did issue a preemptive statement saying the only thing wrong with the Biden inflation and the Biden administration is the rampant inflation. Uh, of course, our porous border, immigration, foreign policy, crime and education crumbling. So, But other than that, I'll tell you what, he's a good president. Uh, Cindy, you're on the mark. Thanks for patience, please. Hey, patience is easy, right? It's free. <clears throat> I wanted to say first to the uh, caller, the young lady that called in earlier, I did not keep that stimulus money, but I did not return it to the federal government. Instead, I passed it on to my grandchildren from whom that money is being stolen or was stolen. <laughs> They're going to have to pay that bill. We're not going to pay it. Right. And so why should I, I? It was immoral as far as I was concerned to be giving it to people who had adequate economic resources. It was immoral to do that. <clears throat> and so I passed it on to my grandchildren one of whom has put it uh, to good use in college and the other of whom are storing it up for college. So, you know, I, I, uh, <laughs> I think that blanketly making rash statements about whole sectors of our uh, community is irresponsible. You can't paint all of us, any of us, with such a broad brush. I, and I ask myself, what did that person do with that money? Did they keep it for themselves, or did they pass it on to their grandchildren? Maybe they needed it. That's pretty much irrelevant, because it was immoral to have taken it in the first place. Well, That's like justifying robbing a bank by saying, hey, but I need I need the money. money. And let me point out an important, and a, and a Democrat philosopher for whom I had enormous respect said something that really mo- motivated me through much of my life. He said, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. And that caller's whole attitude about what do I get out of this, what's there for me, reflects the breakdown of the commitment of the people uh, in our um, country to pull all of us to pull the wagon forward. You know, instead there's too many people clamoring to get sitting on the wagon. Now what did President Trump do? Positive. I, I will acknowledge that he had failings that, in, in the end, uh, sabotaged his reelection. But what did he do? Well, he did cancel the Trans-Pacific Partnership, which saved tens of thousands of jobs in this country. Now, for those people whose job wasn't on the line, they can very selfishly say, "Hey, I don't care, because it wasn't going to. I wasn't going to get fired when they offshored my job." But for those people for whom it meant a great deal, then that was important. And when you lay off sectors of people by doing this kind of uh, promoting of world sharing of of, uh, the marketplace, you lay off those people, you lay off (laughs) 
anyone who's supported by them. I recently got a letter from the United Way begging me for more money. And, you know, their plea was that there's a, a decline in people donating to charities in the region. Well, if you don't have money, you can't give money. So when you push people out of work, you create a situation of economic decline. I mean, I, I, and I don't want to say one more thing. I cannot believe the audacity of people who are criticizing what went on with Disney and losing their special tax zone. Because if you say that, then you believe that all the corporations should be getting all these privileges. I don't. When I was on the school board, I voted against, against giving tax-free status to corporations. I believe if they want to be considered individuals, as the Supreme Court has ruled, then individuals pay taxes, and so should they. Cindy. I don't think Disney is getting is under tax-free status. That's I'm not saying it's tax-free, but they had control. Well, no, they weren't paying taxes, actually. They were tax-free because they were their own government. I, they were their own entity, and they paid no local taxes because they made all the decisions. No local taxes. Well, that could be. Yeah, they I, may have paid federal taxes. I don't know. And state but, taxes. Right, perhaps they did, but I saw in some article that they were saving hundreds of millions of dollars of taxes that, that other people, other companies in the region would have paid. And why should they? There's no reason for them to get a tax break. No corporation, in my opinion, should get a tax break. Yeah, well, keep going, Cindy, because I, you know, this is what kind of gets me. You're sitting there saying Disney tax break, and I'm not hearing any numbers. I'm not hearing any ac- actual uh, statistics. And so the listener now believes Disney doesn't pay taxes. Uh, Congressman Jolly, one of the things he mentioned this morning, which I didn't know, Disney's uh, special uh, district, governing self-governing district, was actually is actually one of a hundred in. Florida. So it's not just all of them. Well, but why? We don't know anything about it. Why should they enjoy that separate status where they don't have to contribute to the general welfare? And there you're you're doing it again, Cindy. You're saying they don't contribute. I mean, you know, you are such an intelligent woman, truly, and yet you'll just throw out this stuff with, with, uh, I'm not hearing anything to back it up. If Shemokin Dam was an independent district. Mm-hmm. We would not be contributing. We would in, internalize our costs, and we would not be contributing. We wouldn't help pay for the rail, the airport. We wouldn't help pay for all of the children's sports teams. We wouldn't be contributing to the library system. There's a long list of things that Shemokin Dam Borough does as a re, in a regional sense instead of just a local sense, and that's an example. Let me just read one thing, and I guess brought it up on my iPad, so... It was pretty quick. It's The question is, how much does Disney pay in taxes? It says Disney income taxes for the uh, 12 months that ended uh, December 31, 2022, were $1.656 billion. And Which, how much of that is Social Security? Oh, I don't know, Cindy. Well, I'm, don't you think that's important? Well, yes, And Medicare is. taxes, <laughs> which every, every employer has to pay a share, a co-share, a match, 
All right, on you Medicare hit the road here. and okay. Social Security. Right, but so then what does it really get down to? Well, see, my point is, and you and I are having this discussion when neither one of us really has all the facts at hand. All right, you guys get the facts and discuss it tomorrow. Okay. Bye. Thank you so much, Cindy. Great points all. Chris, last caller before a quickie break. Go right ahead. Is that me? Yes, Chris. Oh, yeah, you're okay. shocked. I went to you before uh, the break. <laughs> well, first of all, Sydney, I'd, I'd say that uh, uh, I support the social programs of, of, of helping the poor and whatnot in uh, America, and uh, it's not because I'm getting any of it. It's because I support it. I think it's good for the country. Okay. So, and uh, for Jolly, I think the flaw in his, uh, in his thing about many parties, uh, because of the way the electoral system works, uh, that likely uh, throws a highly gerrymandered uh, House of Representatives into determining the president, which uh, is, is not... Uh, anything that would likely uh, moderate the, the the election results to the center. It would do just the opposite. That's a good and point. I don't know how he would handle that. Right. I you know that I've never thought about that, but the uh, the electoral system we have with the electoral college and the winning candidate gets all the votes in that state. That just is not compatible with a multi-party uh, uh, system. Now, maybe if we do away with the Electoral College, we simply have one person, one vote, then maybe uh, the multi-party system works a little bit better. And uh, Yes, and I, I also think that he, well, he's, the, the 147 Republicans voted uh, to subvert the election. That's a majority of the Republican Party. And they also used where they are in control of the House and their legislature in their states. They tried to uh, have them vote for uh, the opposite of the way the election went. Right. There's a lot of people uh, in on this. Congressman Barletta, uh, 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 State Representative Rowe, uh, tons of Republican Congressman Muser. Yes. They're all in on it. Trying to overthrow and they, the election. They all voted uh, in that way, and uh, so uh, it shows you what they really think of democracy. Well, if it's going in their republic. favor, they like it. But if it's going yeah, against uh, them, they don't. They, they don't seem to. No. All right. All right. Well, listen, thank you, sir. Thanks for the emails, and thanks for calling in. Much appreciated. Talk to you later, Chris. Good Chris uh, caller. Hey, I want to tell you about the Sunbury Motor Company. It's a family-owned dealership since 1915. 4th Street, Sunbury, and Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf. I have never talked about this on the radio, but I'm going to right now. The Kia Stinger, uh, pre-owned and brand-new ones exist, and they would just love to talk to you about one. It's one of the sports cars. It's one of these uh, cars that the slider kids like to drive. It's got rear-wheel drive 
which allows it to do, of course, it has front-wheel drive, too, if you're stuck in the snow, but they also uh, primarily uses the rear-wheel drive, so that way the kids can put the brake on and slide in the corner and do all their other stuff. 3.3-liter turbo V6, so that's tons of power. Maybe as a result, the price tag's 50-ish, and the gasoline mileage is mid-20s average, so that's not the best in history, but I'll tell you what, fabulous vehicle, Sunbury Motor Company. It's one of the great new Kia, Hyundai, or Ford vehicles that you can drive. It gives you an opportunity to f- drive a fantastic vehicle with rear cross-track warning, pedestrian warning, front collision warning, lane keeping, lane departure warning, automatic emergency braking, and it's just a super safe car. The Sunbury Motor Company, do as I've done, drive a Stinger, and then go back to your Ford truck. Mm-hmm. When car repairs get difficult... Well, I just don't know. Um, me neither. We get good. Sunbury Motors. More than quality new and used cars, Sunbury Motors specializes in complicated auto repair diagnosis. They can handle intricate repairs and even complete auto body with service open Monday through Friday, 7 till 4. And Sunbury Motors has made simple repairs easy. Maintaining your vehicle is necessary. Finding the time to do it is difficult. Welcome to Sunbury Motors Quick Lane. Open 7 till 4, Monday through Friday. Just walk in or call ahead. Relax in their remodeled waiting room with Wi-Fi, beverages, and snacks. Will Sunbury Motors factory train techs take care of your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections? Quick Lane, 630 to 6, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 6 30 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We take the mm. Mm. out of auto repair. Lynn Hall, fabulouser she could never be. She is our fabulous producer on the other side of the glass. She's the best producer we've ever had for this show, so we appreciate that. I know folks are thinking, don't you say that to whoever's over there, Mark? (laughs) Yeah, that is true. Okay, I'll admit it. One of our listeners says, Steve, accusing Cindy of just throwing out this stuff is laughable. That's all Steve's done since the start of this show today. Okay. <laughs> well, okay. Well, you both are doing it. There's no argument there. Uh, let's see. One, uh, No opinion about the lack of debates, just deflection. Yeah, some people don't like that idea that Democrats aren't going to hold debates. Uh, RFK Jr. is the only Democrat out that I know of, but they, they should debate him. I think President Biden would, uh, you know, do fairly well. He did super well ad-libbing during the State of the Union. Okay, Marianne Williamson. Marianne Williamson is also oh, okay. running for right, president. That's true, yes. So you think the president... So, uh, you know, just... You think the President of the United States, whoever it is, should debate Marianne Williamson? She's all about crystals and spirits and vibes and persona. And you think she that earns her a spot on the debate stage? Don't these debates sort of have a threshold? you got to get above X number of dollars or support or something before? Or something. So it, maybe right. that's the problem. Maybe and she's so, below that. You know, we don't know if uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. has Oh, well, I would think he'd met. have a following. He's well, an anti-vaxxer and he's, um, you know, sort of a common sense Republican in other areas. Aha! Aha! You just let or slip. Democrat. Oh, see, see, he's slip. not even a Democrat. Well, he's, he's a not. Republican. Anyway, so he's probably a good Democrat. but uh, I don't know about that. So anyway, okay. Uh, Dick, thank you for patience. Thank you for waiting. You are on the mark. This is really quick. I think Steve asked, did you return the money to the government, the stimulus money? And Cindy made a point that she she kept, gave it to her grandchildren or her whatever. Literally, she kept the, she kept the money 
she didn't return it to the government, which is all Steve said. And the other thing is, she, if it came in check form, she had to endorse it, so she kept it there. If it came right. to a bank account, she had to forward it on to her grandkids. So she was less, little less than honest to say she she didn't oh, take brother. money. there, come on now. Well, you know, my, the truth my, is... My, and, my point being is, he said, did you return the money to the government? Did you keep the seven stimulus money? And she did. Gotcha. And, you know, uh, I, with all due respect to Cindy, okay, so now her grandchildren's grandchildren are going to be uh, paying for it. You know, I've never even, I've never quite understood that when we say that. Every time the federal government spends a dollar on anything, we always say, yes, and our grandchildren are going to have to pay for it. You don't get that? I don't get it. I've been around for over seven years. We're borrowing years. this money from future yes. generations. Yeah. I, and what does that mean, Mark? Well, because we have a, what, $34 trillion deficit yes. or, or debt, and uh, guess who's going to pay it back? Them, not us. Who's but, no, I no, guess my I'm, point is if, if everybody's honest that listens to this show, I'll bet you that zero people return the money to the federal government. No, I'm sure zero. Probably somebody somewhere did. Some fool. I said to listen to the show. Listen to the program. Some people said it was the government returning their money to them. I'm know. not disputing that point of it too. <laughs> but to somebody to say that they didn't yeah. take the money, I just think well, that would be a little honest. less than honest. That's all. Yeah, I'm it wasn't being returned by the government. All right, we got you, Dick. Thank you so much. Bye. All right, uh, thirty seconds of open mic for Steve Kushaloff. Go. What am I? What, what do you want me to talk about? <laughs> well, I'm surprised you don't understand the term "borrowed from the future." That no wonder like, you're yeah, a you Democrat. Know what that is? That's one of those things that looks great on a pillow, or looks great on a <laughs> piece of fabric, and you hang it on the wall. It doesn't mean a darn thing. It does too. It means no. we're borrowing yeah. trillions and trillions yeah, of dollars from future generations. Which means what? They have to pay it back, not us. Has anyone ever come to you and said, "Mr. Uh, Lawrence, we'd like your five dollars to pay back"? Uh, the deficit? No, we borrow more money so that we can pay it back. This is WKOK Sunbury.